What a great video and what a great reminder of what God has done through you, the people of Taylor's First Baptist Church. For 15 years now, I had my office contact one of, a, one of our single mom oil change veterans, and they said it was begun back in 2001. Can you believe that? 15 years across the street. That's a lot of oil on the ground over there, all right? A lot of oil and a lot of sweat, a lot of work, but it is just one of the ways God has used you used you to, to reach people, to uh, encounter and engage the world. And welcome to those of you who are over in the modern service. We're so glad you've joined us together for what is going to be a unique few moments together as we wrap up our series on renewing our vision. And this is where we began two weeks ago, and that is revisiting the mission statement and the vision that um, we rolled out for you in April and in May, a brand new mission statement and the values that undergird it, and so we came back to it in August. So two weeks ago, we talked about the first part of our mission statement, which is this, to make disciples as we encounter God, equip believers, and engage the world. So two weeks ago, we talked about what it means to encounter God, to worship Him. And then last week, we talked about what does it mean to, to uh, be equipped and to equip others. And what that simply means is as we come into worship, we want to exalt Jesus and worship him so that our focus and our attention and our minds are centered squarely on him, just as we've done in both rooms this morning, just as we did at 9 o'clock right here this morning. That we set our sights and our focus and our attention on who Christ is and what he's done for us. Last week, we realized, look, there's something more than just coming to church. It is growing and maturing to be like Jesus. So as we encounter him, we see Jesus. When we are equipped and we equip other people, we prepare other people, we want them to become like Jesus. That's the goal. But then this week we come to the last part of that statement, which is to engage the world. We encounter God as we equip believers and engage the world. And here's the third leg of that stool, if you will. And it's the peace that can often go neglected. It can often go ignored by those of us who think that the way we engage the world is just simply to give our money to missions or to send people to missions. We're going to talk about that. You're going to see an example of that today. But we forget that every single person who is a follower of Jesus has been called to encounter him, to be equipped in order to engage the world. Every single person. It's just not, a, it's just not the job of the missions department. It's just not the job of the people who have been called to go someplace. And what you're going to see today are people just like you and me who have engaged the world in a unique way. And we show that to encourage you that every single one of us is called somewhere. And perhaps the reason that you and I often forget this third part of engaging the world and sharing the good news of Jesus with other people, and we can become so easily consumed by becoming like Christ and becoming holy or good or moral or religious, whatever word you want to put in there to characterize what happens in our times where we 
gather for Bible studies, whatever it is, and those are all are, are good, and, and we need those, and we ask you to, to do those things. But the goal is not simply to become good or moral or righteous or holy. That's part of it. The goal is to become like Jesus, and we know that Jesus engaged the world. Jesus engaged people. And we see this in our text for this morning, and it's found in John chapter 3. And what I want to do is open the Word of God this morning so that we can see the heart of God. We can see the heart of Jesus, and then I, I'll share with you something that happened to me this weekend, and then we're going we're gonna to hear from one of our mission partners overseas, and then you're going to hear from a wonderful team from Salt Lake City, all in the hopes of doing these two things, of awakening you to the fact that people are lost, and awakening you to the fact that God loves them, just like he loved you, and that God is sending you. Here's, what, here's the seed I want to plant at the very beginning, that wherever God has positioned you, God has sent you into the world. And he might be calling you to go someplace, but we, we can't just leave it to those people. God has, wherever he has positioned you, he has sent you to engage the world. John chapter 3 this morning is um, perhaps the most famous verse in all the Bible, John chapter 3. 16, if you're new to Bible study, let me, let me set it up for you. Jesus um, has begun his ministry, and there's a really, really good teacher named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night because um, these teachers, these Jewish leaders, these religious folks, did not really want to be seen having these deep, intimate conversations with Jesus, lest they be accused of following him. So he comes to Jesus at night. As my former pastor used to say, this is the story of Nick at night. And Nick comes to Jesus at night, and, and, and he begins probing and asking Jesus and wanting to know from him, who, who is it? Who, who are you? you? You're doing these incredible miracles and powers and signs have been demonstrated through you, and we know you're a uniquely gifted teacher because he calls him rabbi. And you have this following, and Jesus looks at him, and he simply says this. He says, you, you're not going to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven regardless of how religious you are, Nick, because you must be born again. And Nick doesn't understand that. Nicodemus, as bright as he was, couldn't understand the spiritual truth that every single individual needs to be transformed by the Holy Spirit because each one of us has sinned against God. There's rebellion in our hearts against God. And so because of that, we need to be changed. Otherwise, we cannot see God one day. We cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, Nicodemus thought it was simply because he was religious and he was, he was, he was uh, from the, the specially chosen people of Israel. He was God's chosen people, so therefore he was automatically in. Or maybe he thought what he did caused him to be in. But the reality of John chapter 3 is that Nicodemus was out. And Jesus says you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven unless you've been born again. 
You've been born a second time. And so Jesus tries to, 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 to tell him what this means. And Nicodemus doesn't get it entirely at first. But then he comes to this section where, where Jesus says, Nicodemus is just as in the Old Testament story where the children of Israel grumbled and complained against God. And God became so upset with them because of their sin and rebellion against him that he sent a plague of fiery serpents to come and they bit the people. It's an awful story. Numbers chapter 9, I believe. And it's an awful story, but, but God in his love and in his mercy for the people told Moses, Moses, if you find a copper brass serpent and, and you hold it up and the people look up, they'll be saved. And so Jesus says, just as Moses lifted up that copper brass serpent, and they were saved, so too will the Son of Man, speaking of himself, he'll be lifted up so that men might be saved from their sin. He didn't fully understand it, so he keeps going. Verse 16, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So Here's where we are this morning, and here's where the text helps us to engage the world. God so loved the world, not just in a global sense, but in a very personal sense. God so loved the world that he engaged it. So God's heart was so open to the children of Israel who were being bitten by serpents that he, he sent a, something to save them. So he sees the world, you and me, in our sin, and his heart is open to our rebellion and our sin, and we're separated from God because of that. And John chapter 3, verse 18 says that we don't believe, and because of that, we are condemned to judgment. We are condemned to separation apart from God forever and ever in a place called hell, and God is in heaven, so he's looking down at the world. God so opened his heart and his eyes to your condition that he engaged the world. He sent his son into the world so that you and I can sing songs like we've sung all morning about the grace and mercy and forgiveness and love of Christ for us and entering into his presence because of Jesus. God so loved you. His heart was so open and awakened to your lostness and to your condition that he engaged the world because of you and because of the church of Jesus Christ. Because of Taylor's, this bride, God so loved us when we were condemned. So that when we believe in him, when we open up our hearts to him, when we turn from our 
selfishness and from our sin and from our rebellion. We, we run to him in our sin. He receives us and he gives us eternal life. It's one of the most beautiful passages in all of scripture, which shows us and opens to us the heart of God for you, but for the world. Now, watch this. That's at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. We come to the end of Jesus' ministry. And in John chapter 20, he appears to his disciples. All right, so his ministry is now done. And he appears to his disciples in John chapter 20. After he's been resurrected again, they're amazed at all of this, at his power, at his glory. This is hard for them to wrap their minds around, but in John chapter 20, verse 21, all right? Remember, on this end, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. But in John chapter 20, verse 21, he's about done, and he looks at those men in that room, and he says, okay, here it is, as the Father has sent me into the world to reach people who are lost, now, I am what? Sending you. I'm sending you. Because I'm leaving. Holy Spirit's going to come. I am sending you to where you're positioned, to where you're stationed, to where I'm asking you to go and to engage the world. And we forget this sometimes, that church for us becomes about us and about our growth and about our our worship, and it is that, but it's more than that. That if we just do two-thirds of the mission well, we are not fully like Jesus who engaged the world. And we're not obeying his commands in full to make disciples of all people everywhere. We just have it two-thirds correct. And so this morning, I, I, I want to just share with you, just as we saw with the single mom's old change, I want you to have a picture of the people God has sent us to. But I want you to realize that God has sent people just like you into that world. And he's calling some of you to go into that world. To that place where God has positioned you this week. To go into those neighborhoods and to go into those, to the workplaces School begins this week. The public schools begin this week. To go into the homes of those moms that you know. Those men that you are connected with. Here's what it looks like for me. And, and, and this is what opens my heart when I, when I go and engage the world. And this is why mission trips that you'll hear about in just a second are so important because what they do is they open up our eyes and our hearts to people. So this past um, Friday, I took the day and I, I took my family and we drove over to Carolina Point, which is the Young Life Camp just outside Brevard. It literally sits on the border of North and South Carolina. Half the camp is on North Carolina, the other half is on South Carolina. You pick your favorite part of the camp, right? And, and, and it's an amazing camp uh, that uh, there's a ministry that rented the camp, and the purposes was to minister to families with cancer. And so we, we committed to this that said, hey, we'll consider doing this. We'll just come out. Friends in this ministry invited us to come with other, with other uh, churches. And so we, I take my family, and we go in there, and here was our, our job for Friday and Saturday was to love 
these families where one member of the family is battling cancer. So it could be a combination of a, a mom and a dad and their kids. It could be grandma, grandpa, and, and kid, uncle and aunt, single mom, whatever. All these combinations of, of families that we came to minister to. And here's the thought that, that, that kept going over and over in my mind. Not only are these people suffering through this. In fact, the first guy that arrived at the camp, he's from, uh, he's from Berea. <laughs> from Berea, and he lost his wife three weeks ago and has three kids at home. And, and so he, here they come, right? And, and, and some of them are followers of Jesus, but many of them are not. So all weekend, Friday and Saturday, here's what I'm thinking. That God so loved these people. Not simply because they're in a difficult spot with cancer, but because they're broken. God so loved the addicted. God so loved the arrogant and the proud. And God so loved those with no self-esteem. God so loved these families who are, not only are they broken, here, here, here's the thing, not only are they broken physically and, and struggling through this, but spiritually they're apart, apart from Christ. And I'm just thinking, do they know that they're apart from Christ? I, I know they're hurting and we're trying to love them. But they are apart from Jesus. And they don't even know it. Your coworkers, your neighbors, those kids at school this week, they're broken, they're addicted, they're hurting, they're lonely. And John tells us, Jesus out of his mouth says they are condemned already because of their sin, but God opened his heart and God engaged them and sent his son to die for them. But that's not, out, that's not all. Now he comes to you for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son for you to save you so that you could be sent to share what Jesus has done for you with them. And that, that's what this, this verse is so powerful because it's full of love and it opens the heart of God, but it reminds us that we are sent to them. So all weekend, oh, just thinking through this and loving these families and praying last night as we came home and I was getting ready to, for this morning, just praying, God, I know they're going to share the gospel this evening. Tonight is the night in which they will present the gospel to these families. May they, through the pain and through the hurt, see their spiritual need. And will they follow and trust Christ? That's just where I've been the last couple of days. On the phone last night, I'm in my office, checked in with a guy, and he just said, how was your weekend? And I told him, he's like, man, that's amazing. And, I, and he said, so, so, so what are you kind of learning through that? And, and I just said, you know what? Here's what I'm learning. That I, I, don't, I can't really practice sharing the gospel with people if I'm not engaged with people. I, I can't really share the love of Christ with someone unless I'm watching and listening and loving and aware, and awakened, and opened up like God's heart for the world. 
And so my prayer for you is this morning as we come and you see these wonderful folks that went to Salt Lake City, such a great group. I want you to see yourself in them as they are sent. But also you begin praying about where is God sending me? For God so loved me that he sent a son for me in order that I might be sent to share his son with whom? Here's what it looks like as these guys are going to come up in just a second. Here's what it looks like in the life of Haley Dean. You know, we've talked about Haley throughout her time there over in a Muslim, uh, reaching Muslims in a very, very hard-to-reach place. That's why when you see the video of Haley, her face will be, um, uh, we, we've taken the video, just distorted her face and the voice just because we want to protect her. We don't want her to be harmed in any way. But I want you to hear how God has used this gal who grew up at Taylor's. And God moved in her heart as she simply stepped out and how God is engaging the world. She's in a spot with three other team members and they're in a spot where we don't know of any known believers who are there. And when God called us into this partnership with, uh, with this people group and with these four individuals, we, we hadn't ever shared the gospel before with anybody. We, we really were just trying to make our way through and listen to the Holy Spirit as he leads us, not knowing really what to do or how to do it, but God has supplied someone like her to go and listen to her story, a story that we were able to film when we were with her a couple of weeks ago, and she shares the story of how God has used her time there to share the gospel with many, many people. As they share, team, why don't you come on up as we listen to Haley. Listen to her, someone just like you, whom God has sent to engage the world. Let's watch this. Hey, Taylors. Um, I'm Haley, um, and I have been serving in Nemo for about nine and a half months now. And um, it's just been so awesome to see what the Father has been doing. Um, in my time, I've been studying Arabic. And um, we actually moved to Nemo Lane about four months ago, four and a half months ago. Um, and in that time, we have just really been pushing to see um, the one. We want to meet that first person who is going to um, put their faith um, in the Father. And um, while we have not seen that, um, as the team, as the four of us, we have been able to share um, over 200 times. Over 400 people have heard. Um, about a quarter of those have been from the Nemo tribe and others have been from tribes nearby. So it has been really exciting. And we could not do what we do without you being there, supporting us, praying for us. Um, and I just personally want to thank you for that. I know that um, it's hard to be on the front lines, um, but we could not do what we do without you praying for us. So thank you. So what we have here as we listen to Haley and what was so remarkable about that time with her and I shared with you two weeks ago how that worship fuels the mission. Power time, powerful times of worship with, that, with those group of missionaries there but you hear her heart for wanting to engage that people group. And so we come now to another way in which uh, worship and our growing times here at Taylor's has affected these folks right up here. And so I'm gonna begin over here. Ralph and Len, why don't you guys introduce yourself and Tell, uh, Lena, just tell a little bit about the group that you're with, and then a couple of questions for you guys. I'm Ralph Smith. This is my wife, Lena. Uh, did you want me to tell about? Piedmont Women's Center. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, I'm Lena Smith, and I'm the CEO of Piedmont Women's Center, and have been for the last 24 years. 
And Taylor's First Baptist has been one of our anchor churches from the very beginning, providing prayer support, lots of volunteers, encouragement, and just keeping your hand at our back to keep sharing the love of Christ to women who find themselves in unplanned or crisis pregnancies. It's a wonderful organization, Lennon. We're so proud of you. you. And, and so this group right up here, Ralph Lennon, these folks I introduce them when we get to you, went to Salt Lake City in July, and they went as a team to uh, prayer walk, to strengthen church planners who are there, to um, just really share the gospel and begin to plant the seeds at a very, very difficult place. Salt Lake City, as you know, is predominantly Mormon, um, very secular. If you're not Mormon, you're very, very secular there in Salt Lake City, and the ground is really, really hard spiritually. But these guys had a tremendous trip, and we just wanted to share with you what God had, had done there. So Ralph and Lena, what I love about you, and I asked these guys three questions, all right? Why did you go? What did God do when you were there? And what is God doing in you now, now that you're here, all right? So Ralph and Lena, share a little bit. What prompted you guys to go? Because you're a married couple, all right? No kids in the, in the house. So take it away, Ralph. We definitely believe that um, if you're blessed, you're blessed so that you can be a blessing to others. Amen. And Lena and I have just uh, been blessed beyond measure. Uh, we've only been married a couple years. Met here at Taylor's in a, a Bible study. And part of our marriage, part of our commitment in our marriage is to take a mission trip each year. We feel like God's called us to do that. So we've made that commitment to each other and to God. And so we um, pray about it. We plan for it. Um, we set our finances aside for it. And what it has turned in for us is just a great opportunity to serve God together as a husband and team not only to serve him, but to worship him, because we believe serving God is also an act of worship. Amen. And this has just turned into a great time for us as husband and wife. So as a husband and wife, here's your relationship, here's your partnership, a husband and a wife saying, God is sending us into the world. I know you, Piedmont Women's Center is a way to engage broken lives. But together you're saying we're going to take another step forward. So Salt Lake City, um, why would you choose Salt Lake City? And Lena, why don't you tell the story um, about the gal that you met there from South Carolina? Um, we didn't know where to go this year. We were praying about it, and we just could not decide, um, God, where, where do you want us to go this summer? And so I had to work one Sunday. Lena came to church. She sought out Jeremy. They had a conversation. Um, Jeremy said, I think you guys would be a good fit for Salt Lake City. So Lena came home that evening when I got home from work, and she said, we're going to Salt Lake City. So, um, <laughs> hey, not you, that you, that was a spur-of-the-moment decision because we had been praying, right. but that conversation with Jeremy just kind of confirmed, confirmed that. Lena, share, what did God do in Salt Lake City? You have a great story about sure. it. Sure. Well, um, we had really been praying that the Lord would open the hearts, that the Holy Spirit would go before us and open the hearts of those who were ready to hear our message. And the very first day, lo and behold, how did I know that I would be uh, greeted by a young woman who's on mission at Tipple Square, and it's her two-year uh, responsibility to share uh, the LDA, LDS faith with all who come, and I met her, and she immediately saw my necklace that has the um, palmetto tree in the crescent, and she said, where are you from? And I said, I'm from South Carolina. Where are you from? And she said, South Carolina. So the Lord had to bring me from Greenville to Salt Lake City to minister to somebody from South Carolina. 
And I connected with her, less that you think that we're all these huge spiritual giants. I connected with her as a mother. She could very easily have been my daughter. And that was our connector, not only South Carolina, but as a mother. And so as we talked, I said, would you like to spend some time with me? And I spent 20, at least 20, 25 minutes talking with her as a mother and asking her questions and asking her what she was learning and coming to understand that what she knew was not true and then offering her the truth. And she would say, I never thought of it that way. I didn't know that. No one's ever told me that. And I actually said, you know, you don't have to stay here. She allowed me to pray with her. Um, She allowed me to hug her. And she said, God sent you here. So whether it's Salt Lake City to see South Carolina or in Greenville, we go where we're called. Yeah. I want to say the last, uh, I'm going to ask you, Ralph, the last question in just a moment about what God is doing here. This is um, Tanya and Maddie Coggin. Uh, Tanya's married to Mike sitting right over here. And there's Eric and there's Nate, great family. And so, um, Maddie, go ahead and share. How did, why did you go to Salt Lake City? Maddie is a sophomore. Uh, Eastside High School starting this week, and um, go ahead, Manny. Okay, well, it's kind of a funny story. Salt Lake City was not our first choice for a mission trip. That's kind of sad to say, (laughs) but (laughs) we had two other mission trips before this one that fell through, and we couldn't go on them, so um, Salt Lake City was one of the options left for us to go on, and, you know, we decided together, you know, we, we should do this, we should do this, and we felt called to go there, and we were kind of like, you know, what is this, what are we doing here, and um, none of us, neither of us knew about the Mormon faith, like nothing at all about it, so we started um, preparing and going to the meetings, and I realized, like, this is going to be really hard, like, this is going to be a big challenge, um, trying to witness to people who already think they're saved, but they're not, and, but, you know, God just called me, and, you know, I knew that this was a challenge that I needed to take and that I needed to grow in my faith and that I, this, I, this is what I need to do. So, Tanya, mother-daughter thing? Not a mother-son thing, a mother-daughter thing. Well, you know, Mike and I think it's really important that as our kids come of age to be able to go on international and, and national mission trips that we take them. So Eric and I had our first mission trip experience together two years ago. It was life-changing. Okay. Um, part of that mission trip brought us here to Taylor's. Um, we just felt very convicted that um, we are filled up to pour out. If we just keep it to ourselves, then, then what are we doing as Christians? Um, so now that uh, Maddie's 16, we were like, this is the time. We want to travel together. Um, and she's right. We had two other mission trips for, for different reasons just completely fall through. Um, and we talked to Jeremy and asked him, you know, where, where do you need us? You know, we want to serve. Um, and he said Salt Lake City. And we're like, Okay, I know very, very little about Mormonism. I know a whole lot more now. Um, I'd never prayer walked before. Um, That was completely new to me. Um, And then I knew very little about how to engage LDS people, like how to even have a little um, in there. I had no idea. So um, mission trips stretch you in a lot of really, really good ways. Is there anything particular, either one of you, something that happened there in Salt Lake City that was perhaps the most impressionable thing of the trip? Can I share two short things? One, um, on our first day of prayer walking, we were actually, Maddie and I were teamed up with our church planter on the ground there, and our job was to prayer walk in the neighborhood um, where they are in Lehigh um, and to just go around, look for, pray for people to engage with. 
um, completely out of my comfort zone. But um, we walked um, from house to house within the neighborhood, and I met um, Rachel as she was sitting on her front porch, and she appeared to be uh, very emotional, and we came up and talked to her. We told, him, uh, told her who we were. We were evangelical Christians. We were from South Carolina. We were prayer walking the area. How can we pray for you? Um, and she just broke down because she had recently experienced a miscarriage. Um, she was dealing with a lot of infertility issues, and I was able to share with her, I have been down your road. Um, I am literally on your road now, but <laughs> I, am, I have dealt with infertility. I've experienced the pain of miscarriage, and I'm sitting here with you today with my daughter. And so I felt like in some small way I could offer her some hope, um, but also to let her know that Jesus is her hope. She could anchor to that. Um, she's LDS. Um, we met her mom. Her mom came out and spoke with us. Um, turns out her mom graduated from Malden High School, and I grew up in Malden. So another South Carolina wow. connection. We're like just blown away. It was amazing. Awesome. And one other quick story. On the way home, um, I engaged with um, a gentleman, a student that was sitting next to us on the plane, and his name is Quinn. And turns out he has, um, you know, ask him, tell me about your, you know, faith background. Tell me about your faith journey. And um, he has a background in Catholicism and Buddhism. And so I was able to engage with him. And just yesterday, um, I, I got a Facebook message from him um, that he is reading the Bible for the first time. And That's he awesome. shared with me John 3, 3. He said, I just read John today. And he said, this yes, thing about being born again, born again mm-hmm. he said, this is really awesome. And I'm like, it was, it was really great. For that. Yeah. That's awesome. And I know Maddie, who was your, Miss Lena was your prayer partner for, for part of the time prayer walking. Yeah, the second day of prayer walking, I got to go with my mom again. And I got to go with Miss Lena, and we called ourselves the dream team. And um, I just love <laughs> spending time with them. Miss um, Lena is an amazing prayer. If you do not know Miss Lena, you have to get to know Miss Lena. Um, so we were, I mean, we were just overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit that day, and he was, he was leading us where we needed to go, and I think the people we talked with could see that too. They could see, you know, something was different, and it was just an amazing experience for my faith, just, um, just knowing that God was always there for me, um, and he was never far away. He was never far away. What a powerful spiritual experience for you, Maddie. These two on the end um, are related, not by blood, but by office. These guys work together. So this is uh, Doug and Colin. And uh, Doug, why don't you take the lead here? T- tell a little bit how you got to Salt Lake, and then we'll, we'll get Colin in here as well. So. Yeah, so this is my second year. Last year, I was able to uh, go out on a team led by Ken Hartzell, and was able to go with my dad, which was a great trip. And on that trip, we met Colin. And uh, the Lord just worked it out. We ended up doing some stuff together. And my dad and I talked in some meeting. You know, it's too bad Colin doesn't want to get into insurance and sales. And <laughs> we're going door to door and start talking about work. And it's, what are you doing? And he says, you know, I'm actually looking at getting into insurance and sales. And so I think I offered him a job there on the spot. And uh, <laughs> from then on, you know, it's, it's just been great. And we've talked about going back. And so when the opportunity presented itself, um, it was kind of a no-brainer that, um, we would uh, we would go out there, and when you go out and you talk to these people, it's it's you, your heart breaks for them, and and but you realize as you are working with the churches and, and the people and the families that have gone out there, how much they need bodies. They just need bodies out there to be able to do the things that they can do and that they they want to do. They just don't have the people. You're talking out there about to the do churches it. and the church yeah. planners. Yeah, yeah. So, Colin, you you both got you both have been there last year as well but you're starting to develop a heart i could tell from the first hour as you shared you're developing a heart for these people who are lost go ahead and share a little bit about your time there yeah, absolutely i think we all know what love is right 
But with that love comes the knowledge of heartbreak. And I think everyone on this stage heart broke again and again for the LDS. And I think we were blown away at the same time by the faithfulness of those on the ground. I think we take for granted this body of believers, the hundreds and thousands that we get to worship with and do life with, and they don't have that. They just don't. We were a team of six, and that changed their world. The church planners there deal with churches or small groups of two and three people every Sunday. So the encouragement and the faithfulness they got from us was wonderful to see, but it was also cool to see how without the church body present, they still felt the power of prayer. And as Ms. Lena said, the power of prayer is, is beautiful. And it's never stopped praying for them because they cannot sustain without your prayers. Yeah, I'm talking about the church planners, and it is a hard, hard gun. So, Ralph, I want you to lead the way here. What is God doing in you? And, and you guys jump in as well. And you mentioned it, Tanya, just connecting with someone who, um, even as of yesterday, is starting to hear the gospel a little bit. Ralph, share a little bit about Carl. And the reminder, here, here's the reminder, when you go on a mission trip, uh, maybe God will call you to that place. So look out, gang, up here. All right, look out. God might call you, but if he doesn't, he is still calling you to engage the world where you are. These folks have gone and been exposed. I went to camp and was exposed yesterday and, and Friday to open my heart so that I could be sent wherever God places me. So God is always working. It sounds like he's working on behalf of South Carolinians there as we went. But God is always on the move, opening up his heart, John 3.16, to people who are lost. Our job is just to step in. So tell a little bit about Carl, Ralph. I love this story that you shared the first hour. Our very first night there, we met a young man and his wife named Carl. Carl and his wife, Adelie, had been raised Mormons part of the LDS church all of their life. They were died in the wool Mormons. And God did a work in their life, and he gloriously and wonderfully brought them out of the LDS church and saved them. And Carl is just on fire. He's just so charismatic about his belief and his love for the Lord. And in that meeting with him that night, he said, I have been praying for you guys. And my first thought is, why has he been praying for us? But he said, I have been praying for people in the Bible Belt, people in the South, people in South Carolina, because I have family that will be going on their two-year Mormon mission that will be knocking on doors, and I hope they go to a home where the door is open and the person inside wants to share the truth of the gospel with my family members. And when I realized that, I thought, I don't know that I've ever had a Mormon come knocking on my door, but if I had, what would I have done? Would I welcome them in and share that gospel with them? But not only a Mormon that my path may cross, but just in my everyday life, from day to day, at work or wherever I'm at, people are going to cross my path, and I've got that responsibility to share the gospel of to Christ engage, with them. To engage the Absolutely. world. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? What God is doing in you here? for sharing the gospel. It's amazing to hear these guys talk, to read their stories of how God is working in them, and they're open, like Ralph said. And here's how we're going to conclude our time this morning. I want you to hear the words of Jesus one more time. And I want you to hear, as we've looked at John chapter 3, about the great love that the Father has for you. 
And some of you need to respond this morning to that great love because you don't know Jesus personally. I'm going to invite you to do that. Because you're lost and you don't even know it. You're separated from God and you don't even know it. But that pull in your heart this morning is Jesus calling you through the Holy Spirit to come to know him. But for the rest of us, here is what I want you to hear this morning. It's the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 9. And I want you to think about where God has sent you. For some of you, you'll go on a trip maybe later this year. For some, you'll sign up for a trip next year. For some, though, for most of you, for for all of us, we're going to be home. And God has put you in a place, has positioned you to engage the world. Maybe it's your cul-de-sac, or maybe it's your workplace, or maybe it's the fitness center. Maybe it's, I don't know, any connections that you have with people, but God loves them, and his heart has been open to them, and he sent his son, and now he's sending you. But do we see them? As Jesus saw him, here's what it says. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and hearing every, healing every disease and every affliction. Here it is. And when he saw the crowds, saw the Mormons, saw the single moms, saw those cancer families, See those students up and down the hallways, school, two days. He sees my cul-de-sac and new neighbors that moved in just two, two or three weeks ago. When Jesus saw them, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And it's simply the mission of Jesus and the mission of this church to equip you and to send you. Will you go? You know, in a couple of weeks, middle of September, we're going we're gonna to teach you what we taught this Salt Lake City team. We're going to do it church-wide, invite you to come and learn how simply to share your, your faith with anyone, anytime, anywhere. It's just a simple tool that we want to share with you, so that's coming up the middle of September. Also, the middle of September, we also have another opportunity for you to come to a conference we're hosting on Friday and Saturday nights from people who have a passion to reach those who are trapped in poverty to those who are hurting. And, and so we invite you to come. If maybe God has stirred your heart in that particular area, you, you come to that on, on, uh, in the middle of September as well. We have mission partners like Lena's all throughout this community that you can, you and your life group and you and your family can engage with. You can call our office. You can reach out to those, commu- to those community partners. There are sim- sim- simple ways that you can engage. But you know what the biggest thing we need to come to grips with this morning is that God has opened up his heart to you. So therefore, will you be sent? 
so that he can open up his heart to lost people all around you. And so what I want to do this morning is I, I, I want to pray the prayer of Jesus, but I also want to say what Jesus said to you. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. In both rooms, here's how we're going to do this. Over to my left, there's going to be one of our ministers standing right over here. Daryl is here. Daryl's on the front row. I'm just going to have Daryl, Daryl, if you would, brother, if you just stand right over here whenever we, we stand together. David Klein's over in the modern service. David, just kind of begin making your way down front as you're over there. If you want to follow Jesus this morning, if, if you have heard the words that Jesus said to Nicodemus and it's pierced your heart, you must be born again, Nick. You must be born again. I want you to come see Daryl in here. I want you to come see David over there. And you say, how do, how do I become a follower of Christ? Or maybe you want to join this church. You know, folks are interested and they've been listening to this vision. Maybe in both rooms you want to join. Or believer's baptism. You know what? Some of you haven't been biblically baptized. You haven't been immersed after you've been converted. And so in September we're having this incredible celebration service. And you might say, you know what? That's it. That's it. I want to be baptized. So Daryl in here, David in there, you come find them. Whenever we pray together in just a second, all right? For the rest of us, here's what, what I'm going to do. I did it the first hour. I'm going to come right down front here. And wherever you're standing, all right, we're going to stand in just a second. I'm going to come down front here. One of our ministers there, Brooks, why don't you go ahead and make your way down front. Brooks is going to be standing down front there. And I want you to come this morning, and here's what you're saying. God, you're opening my heart. You're opening my heart to lost people. And I begin to pray, Lord, would you help me reach them? Or you might be saying, God, I know that's where I'm sent. I'm making a commitment now that you're sending me into the harvest. And I, I want you to make your way down front. All right? I want you to make your way down front. And, and we're just going to stand here together. I'll be with you, and I'm just going to touch whoever I can touch. And other ministers, if you're here in this room, if you'll come, and, and we're just going to lay our hands on you. It's just symbolic of, hey, this is the vision of our church. We're going to send you, and ministers over there in the modern service, if you do the very same thing. And we're just going to do one prayer. We're just going to do one prayer, a prayer of commissioning, a prayer of sending, a prayer of praying that God would save lost people through Taylor's First Baptist Church. God is sending you because he sent his son. He's not doing anything to you that he hasn't done through his son for you. So you come this morning. Let's everyone stand in both rooms, all right? You got it? Try to be as clear as possible. Everyone stand. I'm going to be right down front. All right, you guys come. You guys come with me. If God is sending you, he's opening up your heart. Maybe it's to go on a mission trip. When we unveil those mission trips, maybe it's to serve with one of our community partners. Maybe your heart breaks for family members. Whatever it is, you come with me, and I'm just going to lay my hands on you, and let's pray together. Come on. You come on down now, all right? Thank you. As many can come, you come. If we have to fill up this section down here, we'll do it. Hey, students, school starts this week. School starts this week. Is God calling you? Is God calling you? You GAs over there at North Greenville, God is calling some of you. You're in the modern service. God is calling some of you to go to the ends of the earth. 
He's stirring in your heart. You college students, you singles, God might be asking you, would you commit to go? You broken, hurting people, God is repairing you to walk into the lives of broken, hurting people. You come. You come. Anybody else? Over there in the modern service, I'm going to pause just a second and give you guys time there. Cal, God bless you, brother. Anybody else? All right, let's do this. Um, guys, gather in around me, all right? Right here, just circle up like a huddle. Football's coming. Come on, come on, like a football huddle. All right, I'm just going to touch hands. Jeremy, you're there. And this is our prayer. Thank you, folks. Church, here is your prayer as well. It's just not for these guys become the, because they've come forward. God has stirred in their heart in a special way to reach somebody. But all of you are commissioned to go. This is why the church exists to go like Christ. Thank you, man. Thank you, ladies. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for the way that you're working in the lives of our people. And Lord, we just pray that you would send us, you would send us, and that you would cause us in the places that you've put us in new schools and new places of employment new places in our health, new neighborhoods, new people in our lives, new trips that we'll unveil the end of the year, new opportunities to serve here at Taylor's, all because God so loved us that he sent his son and now has sent us. So, Father, look at your people. These are your people, and would you send them to those that you have sent your son to die for. And may we hear because of this day in heaven as we're standing around the throne because people simply said we will go and engage the world. May we see others. May we see others who will sing of their great love of Jesus and how he died for them and saved them. And they can't say that now, but they will one day, whether it's the end of the earth, Salt Lake, Boston, or in our neighborhoods, they will sing one day around the throne simply because your people said, send us. So send us out, Father. We love you. And we pray this prayer in the one who loved us by giving his life in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you, folks. Have a great, great Sunday.